0: Yeah, courtney sorry yeah throw courtney a softball and she'll hit it out of the park
1: we are marked as explicit on itunes right we yes. are
0: indeed
2: <laughs> and and this last post show conversation will be edited and put at the beginning <laughs> playstation boot up starting now and welcome to episode 32 of Geekhead Radio, your one-stop podcast for all your half-ass news and debate in the geek world. This is one of your lovely guests. Am I lovely? You are lovely. <laughs> but, uh. you, but you're not a guest. Yes, that's true. I'm a co-host. So um, I'm one of the three co-hosts of uh, Geekhead Radio, and I obviously have not quite had enough caffeine because we are broadcasting... Sunday morning. It is March 23rd, 2014. And uh, I'm Preacher 23, also known as Aaron in the Professional World.
0: And this is Clayton broadcasting live from sunny, oh, not so sunny, Galveston, Texas. I can see the beach. You can all hate me now. I hate you anyway.
1: <laughs> and this is Courtney, and there is no beach here. There is snow.
2: <laughs> there is no beach here on these zones. There zoo. is no beach. And, uh, hey, we're going to kind of mix things up um, a little bit. And uh, we've been been trying to fine-tune Geekhead Radio a little bit. Um, I think we kind of got into a little bit of a lazy groove in the last few episodes. um, As evidenced, if you were one of the few people that uh, watched the recording, I was too obsessed with my little Transformer toys. (laughs) That was a problem when you're zoning off onto your own podcast. So, we are trying to amp things up just a little bit and we, to celebrate we are i'm drinking amp energy no that's not a product pr- placement that's <laughs> we had a uh,
1: <laughs> we 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 had a team building event we had virtual trust falls it was awesome and we, you know now we have a plan and a mission statement and more virtual <laughs> trust falls
2: so we're if you're listening to this um uh, post recording um, you know you like downloaded the podcast and stuff um, we're now gonna kind of phase out the whole drink of the show in the classical sense um, in fact uh, I think it's think it's time to introduce the drinks of the show I think we're going to slowly phase out just alcohol in general. No, I haven't joined a 12-step program. Um,
1: you, you you, may think that. Other people haven't gotten the memo.
2: <laughs> that's true. Clayton has been drinking rum this morning, or at least that's what he's insinuated.
0: It's, uh, it's closer to noon there than... Yeah, that's true. I'm yes. on the beach. You have to start the morning off properly with Bloody Marys and, uh, well, later in the morning, rums and cokes.
2: And Courtney and I are more Mountain Standard Time, so for us this is 10 a.m. Um, yeah. I uh, I have decided just to drink coffee, so I'm a little, a little more energetic than usual. And add on top of that that I am also drinking um, an energy drink that my wife brought me just moments before the th- podcast began. So, yeah, I I raise a cup of coffee to the rest of you. <laughs>
1: Well, I have I have this morning I have Timothy's blueberry lemon passion tea where if you normally think herbal tea tastes like tastes like warm bath water this stuff is amazing it actually has flavor it's it's almost full bodied seriously get some of this junk it's great
2: I'm just I'm just curious about how you uh, came to that comparison have you made it a point to drink bath water in the past
1: there was that one time in college I don't <laughs> like to talk about it a lot But <laughs> <laughs> Thank All god right. it was really before You know Much of you know Social media No uh,
2: No I haven't you ever heard people say that I have not Oh Maybe yeah I'm a lot of people think
1: Earl tea kind of tastes like warm bath water okay. Not much
2: flavor and Clayton what you got going
0: Bacardi and Diet Coke Awesome! Oh, you <laughs> gotta make sure that you a have a diet
2: food. coke because you don't want the calories.
0: Uh, <laughs> and now it's because I'm I'm at my in-laws and real soda doesn't exist.
2: I'll mm. well, enjoy your aspartame laced room. <laughs> so, um, hey, we need your help, Geekhead Radio listeners. Um, we need you to help us spread the word a little bit. Um, if you enjoy this podcast and you know anybody who would enjoy the the witty dialogue that seems to flow between us um hey direct people to us we'd appreciate that um we don't get paid for this you know we don't do advertisements and uh, contrary
1: to what it might sound he's not asking for pledges no no <laughs> as if... much as it may sound like a, like a pbs pledge drive good job by the way
0: oh,
2: wonderful I'm, I'm i'm glad that i just got pigeonholed into that same category. <laughs> Um, <laughs> so spread the word, either, uh, do it through Facebook. Um, you can do it, share our tweets. Um, you know, just the, the,
0: the regular stuff. Um,
2: we're not asking for any miracles, but we enjoy doing this and, and we like having some discussion. So it's always great to have people in the pot, uh, excuse me, in the, in the chat room. And we've got a uh, shadow star in today and, uh, welcome to the live broadcast. Hey. Um, so, uh, we can be reached through what avenues of the social media stratosphere, Courtney? Ah, yes,
1: you can. You can find us on Facebook, where Clayton posts many many fascinating uh, many fascinating news stories to keep you in the geek mindset. If you are ever in danger of slipping out of it, you can find us on Facebook, Geekhead Radio, and you can download podcasts on iTunes. And you can if you wish to speak with us privately, you can send us an you can send all of us an email at geekheadradio at gmail dot com or if you wish to speak to us individually, you can reach us at aaron at geekheadradio.com, Clayton at geekheadradio.com, or Courtney at geekheadradio.com. We are also on Twitter at This is not written down, so I'm going to try (laughs) to
2: remember. Geekhead Aaron. Geekhead
1: Aaron, Geekhead Clayton, and Geekhead Court, because it wouldn't let me write Courtney. It was too long. Too long.
2: And then, of course, you know, it was kind of insinuated with with the email addresses. You can find our podcasts for download also on geekheadradio.com if you're not an iTunes listener. But if you're downloading this, you already know this. Why the hell am I telling you? So...
0: Because we like repeating ourselves?
2: Yep. Uh, repetition? It, um, it practice? I don't know. I've, I've got nothing. All right. So let's dive right into this. Uh, we've, we've got the meat of the show that we're going to focus on a very Courtney-centric um, topic. So uh, before we get there, let's, uh, let's hit skewed news.
0: All right. <laughs> That never gets old. I don't know (laughs) why. (laughs)
2: And that's exactly why I like using it. Um, So if you have been hiding under a rock or hanging out in... No, I'm not going to be that disparaging. I'm not going to be one of those geeks. Um, Fox and National Geographic have been airing The Cosmos with Neil deGrasse Tyson as the new host, taking up the reins of Starship Imagination. Uh, from the once and f- consistently great carl sagan um we 're two episodes into the cosmos at this point and um Courtney, you admitted that you 're kind of under you're're you're, you're forgetting about the show right
1: i 'm not, not forgetting
2: you 're forgetting to watch
1: I, yeah i 'm forgetting to watch i've had a i 've had i've had a rough schedule the past couple weeks but it has been on my list and i did listen to a fabulous interview with neil deGrasse tyson on npr a couple weeks ago look it up listen to it it was amazing incredibly inspiring the man the man is my new hero um yeah i am i used to watch the carl sagan version when i was little with my dad uh the uh Soundtrack The soundtrack was amazing. It was my favorite when I was younger because I was a total loser even then uh, but, <laughs> but yeah, so it's on my list to watch, but no, I have not because I suck
2: well, you know that's that's why we live in a in a wonderful world of um, why we what we have on live? demand <laughs> on demand that's also why um, you should download the um, the cosmos Companion app. You can find that on either Google Play or through the iTunes store. I downloaded this for my tablet device, and um, it's pretty its pretty awesome. One, you can play the episodes directly through the app. So Ooh. there's your way to watch it. Also, um, they have the calendar that uh, was touched on, the galactic calendar. I can't mm-hmm. remember exactly. Universal calendar. I can't remember the title right away, and I don't want to go digging through the app at the moment. But you can see if the... Life of the universe was compressed down into a single year. It breaks it down to the the Big Bang and then the formation the first formation of stars and galaxies and and how large the known universe had expanded, which because of the uh, gravitational waves that they have detected in the south Pole, we've um, got a little more evidence for that, but that's not in the notes, so ignore that part <laughs> It's, but it's that was it's, totally cool. It is. Sorry. <laughs> it is so cool. Um, and uh, it's got minimal controversy going outside of if you live in Oklahoma, and the first episode, the, the one mention or hint of evolution was uh, so elegantly talked over by an impromptu um, blip from their news station talking about a 12 year old hunter.
1: What?
2: <laughs> You didn't hear about I that? I missed
1: that. No, tell me the story.
2: Um, essentially, uh, one station, and since I don't have this news article up and ready to go, I don't have the um, the immediate uh, accurate location where this occurred. But um, Well, nothing's accurate
0: in Oklahoma anyway, so it's yeah. <laughs> in the general area. Right. Bas-
2: Oklahoma, good enough. Basically, they did a news drop right over that, uh, just a hint at it in the last 10 minutes oh that was God. very sloppy, um, and it just, like, Interrupted things now last week 's episode um, was pretty much all about evolution, and my wife and I were having a discussion that, in our opinion, uh, they addressed it really um, really well and in a non i hope a non offensive manner, but you know the reality of it is is people are going to be offended what, whether yeah. you try to or not so um, nothing against anyone's personal beliefs, but um, do us all a favor and get your kids watching the show. My five-year-old son is obsessed with it. This has become our family event at night, um, on Sunday nights.
0: Yeah, they've they've done a really good job of making it very visually uh, enjoyable, and he is doing a very good job of transitioning from small words to big words so that the understanding works real, as well with kids as it does with adults. Mm. Yes. Um, and so
2: uh, the show, the season's got 13 episodes. We're going to have episode three later tonight. Chances are I'm not as on top of things when it comes to editing. This podcast won't be available for download until afterwards. But you've got plenty of time to catch up and to keep watching the live. So just watch this live is my best recommendation, because this is what's going to keep these type of shows on the air. Um, and
1: well, they've, they've made it so you can't fast forward through the commercials on, on demand anymore. So I really think that should count.
2: Okay. There you go.
1: <laughs> and some, and, and quite a few are taking into account, into account, uh, playback uh in in ratings for whether stuff's going to be canceled or not so it might help a bit elementary was going to be canceled till they realized how many people were watching it later Hmm. and then they made it so you can't fast forward so now you're stuck watching the commercials so hey advertisers win
2: yeah well i mean we have to be realistic they have to pay for it somehow Mm -hmm. um just uh throwing this little podcast together on our own budget uh it makes it pretty clear that sometimes that's you need that help, but luckily we don't because we have the wonderful listeners of D20 Radio to help us. Right?
1: Absolutely. Yes! This is, this is not a pledge drive. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I would love your money, but don't give it to me. Anyway. Because the tax implications would be a pain in the hiney.
2: <laughs> yes. Listen to the uh, lawful neutral.
1: I was going to say, and the Courtney is a lawful neutral creature, and I would not let us get away with it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> now, on a less serious note... Um, I'm, I love this next story that we're going to mention, though, the timing of it makes me just slightly concerned that this is a big joke, and I hope it's not, but National Geographic, apparently on April 1st, and that's where my concern comes in, Mm -hmm. um, has teamed up with, uh, the Rift Tracks crew. Now... If you don't know who Rift Tracks is, you may have remembered a wonderful show from the 90s and early 2000 called Mystery Science Theater 3000. MST3K for short. They are apparently going to be doing three shows on Nat Geo on April 1st. We have no idea what the shows are going to be, but if you were a fan of this show, this is an amazing opportunity here. And um, I saw at the Salt Lake Comic Con back in September of 2013. Um, oh, of course, I'm not prepared enough. The one who... Uh, not Crow, but Servo. Tom Servo. The guy who did the voice of Tom Servo. He was at the Comic-Con and um, played a bunch of stuff from Riff Tracks, and he's he's hilarious in person, so I'm just looking forward to more comedy gold.
0: Yeah, I I, I definitely can't get enough. They In Austin, we have a ripoff of MST3K that goes on at one of our local theaters called Master Pancake <laughs> and anything that allows, uh, uh, uh three comedians to get, to get together and make fun of, uh, uh, classic movies. The last one we went and saw was Wrath of Khan, uh, which, um, yeah, the, the, they need to rip track Wrath, Wrath of Khan.
2: I think they probably have. I would imagine they have.
0: So I'm def- I'm really looking forward to seeing these guys back on the air. Hopefully, more than just a one-off. Yeah,
1: yeah the April first date is tough because it might be just going with the theme, or it might be a joke. Yeah, I, I hope it's not. I hope it's just going with the
2: theme and it's an
1: appropriate day.
2: Same with me.
1: <laughs> if not, won't we feel silly?
2: <laughs> well, I don't know. If... I I was looking at. Uh my Facebook feed and it's tr- one of the top trends, at least of what Facebook captures and its metadata determines because, what I would like. Cause
1: that most. is Facebook is the awesomest source for veracity on the internet.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yep. I'm sure that it's completely accurate too. So
1: totally. What is, what is it? One, one weird trick to get your laughs from Nat Geo on April 1st.
2: <laughs> yeah. <who knows. laughs> But um, my favorite segments in MST3K were always the, uh, the educational films from the 1950s and 60s. Um, those short little bursts of ridiculousness. Um, I'm hoping that they're kind of doing the same idea. And Courtney, you had mentioned um, off the air that uh, you know this may be similar to the Honey Badger guy mm-hmm. in just yeah. taking classic Nat Geo videos and adding their commentary on top of it mm-hmm. let's riff track
0: um richard Attenborough.
2: <laughs> that could be funny um i don't know so we'll see how that goes well since we're trying to be a little more uh precise i think it's time to hit the meat of the show here so uh let's set some mood music shall we So, as we said at the top of the show, this is a little of a Courtney-centric episode. And I only say that because I don't have as much personal knowledge about the whole vampire thing, but with the recent announcement that a certain vampiric literary character would be returning, I'm not sure from the dead. Is he, is he supposed to be dead?
1: Um... You mean more than your average vampire? Really? <laughs> okay,
2: he's less undead and more in the dead part.
0: <laughs> anyway.
2: Uh, <laughs> we decided that um, we need to talk about some vampires, because, you know, they're kind of geek-tacular, and unfortunately, most modern uh, listeners, well, not listeners, but readers, are more familiar with the glittering vampires sort, and you know we've complained about that play in the past. If
1: you had told me ten years ago that I would find glittery vampires offensive glitter and vampires put together offensive, I would have told you you
2: were crazy. I would have just figured you were talking about stripper vampires
1: exactly well, that's what my husband says the only the only times appropriate for vampires to sparkle is if yeah, they're strippers, and yep, yeah, pretty much
2: so. Um to get into the mood for the return of yeah, should we should we finally say it? We've got into the notes. Lestat Lestat Yay.
0: So Tom Cruise is coming back as No? Yep. No.
2: Uh, oh, no, mm, no. Eh,
1: yeah. He mm. didn't even
0: make her race's top ten list for people I would like to see play my character,
1: but- thankfully. She did come out and say that he did. And she did come out with an official apology when the when the first one came out that she was wrong. He did an excellent job. He did. I didn't expect it either. However, he's a little too old now. Yeah. And crazy. And much. short.
2: <laughs> they and have whatever. they have lifts for a reason. Exactly. Just because the geekhead radio crew all pushes the six foot mark, including Courtney. <laughs> we have a different. Yes, we are a whole bunch. Short. So. <laughs> Well, let's talk about some uh upcoming v- or uh, vampire movies that um that are going to grace the silver screen. I didn't write these notes. Somebody take it over.
1: Yeah. I believe Clayton should. He's he's more of a movie dude than me, although these look fabulous.
0: Yeah, just because I I live next door to a movie theater. <laughs> ah. <laughs> Yeah, that that's does kinda
1: it. like that's kinda like an alcoholic living next to a bar, man.
0: <laughs> uh yeah, I, I I've got the, the popcorn feed directly into the bloodstream. <laughs> yeah, just just put
2: the buttery <laughs> topping right intravenously into your heart and uh you know, you'll have a heart attack
0: sooner than the rest of us. Yep. But you'll enjoy it. So there are a number of movies that are uh, coming up this year, both Big budget uh, productions and not so big budget productions. Um, the two big budget productions, the the first one we're going to see, which is uh, in just a couple months. Uh, I'm sorry, not a couple months. Next month is uh, one called "Only Lovers Left Alive." Left behind. Um, Left it's it, it's an it, it's an interesting title, uh, but uh, it basically revolves around. Uh, two vampires played by Tom Hiddleston and Tilda Swinston. Um, I'm so excited. who uh, it basically is going to explore how romance works when it's over centuries. Um, so yes, vampires are kind of are, are a, the, the root of the movie, but it really is the, uh, the relationship. That I think is going to uh, drive how uh, uh, well it's going to do. It's already gotten nominated for a couple uh, awards uh, for the both in uh, cons, New York, uh, the Catal (laughs) the Catalonia uh, film festival. Um, It's it's starting to get a lot more praise than people were were expecting, and um, I like the idea of a vampire movie that explores the complexities that come to a relationship that comes over centuries.
1: Yeah, so many, so much vampire stuff turns into just fighting the big bad monster, or you know. Uh, oh, I have to eat people, this bothers me. When there's so many other fascinating things that you could explore what comes around from being alive for that long. So I'm excited. Get your clove cigarettes, your Sisters of Mercy and absence legal now, and it's going to be awesome. Uh,
2: It's (laughs) like the hunger.
1: It's going to be great. I'm going to break out all my old courses.
2: It's like the hunger for a new generation. (laughs) Alright, so what's this animated film
0: noir? The... uh, last year uh, basically a, a small upcoming writer um, went to Hollywood and said you know I want to I want to tell a different type of uh, story and so he started beating on doors and got not only some of uh, Hollywood's bigger names interested in it as far as funding it but he also got uh, some of them involved in starring in it Okay. Um, so, um, Amber Benson, uh, for the Buffy fans. Um, she ha- is both backing it and starring in it. Uh, and who did you play in that? In Buffy? Um,
1: she was, uh, she was Tara, wasn't she?
0: Yes. Yeah. Um, and, um, to help with writing, um, they, uh, have, uh, secured Neil Gaiman. Ah yes. So, really big uh, um, name there. Um, they are uh, currently hoping to uh, have things finished uh, later this year, um, but it's all going to depend on working with people's uh, stories. Since this is an since this is an independent production, it's going to work on a little slightly different. Uh, timeline than your traditional blockbuster but basically the it's a uh, 1940s film noir movie uh, where the detective instead of uh, trying to hunt down the a normal ki- uh, killer and solving a crime the it's a murder of a vampire
2: oh interesting ah.
0: um, and in your normal uh, uh, film noir there's a whole bunch of people out to stop him solving this crime Hmm. and so you have a lot of fantastic elements as far as who exactly is out to stop him and why
2: okay well uh do we have a time frame of about when that's going to come out
0: right now the 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 closest we've got to a time frame is, is fourth quarter, so we're looking at December time frame probably.
2: And if they're doing this as, as an animated feature, there's a good chance that that's probably going to delay things a bit too. So I guess we'll just have to keep our eyes on that, just on the off chance that that doesn't come out in 2014. Did, yes. yeah,
1: am I reading the website correctly that they also have Neil Gaiman acting
2: in it? Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's what I was. That's saying. what that so, looks like,
0: like to me. Yeah, I kind of. Yeah, the, the way they they phrase it, it, it does seem like that. But yeah, I don't know. I haven't been able to to track down like a list of characters or anything like that as far as saying this is what they're going to do.
2: Okay. Now, this next one that you have on the list, um, this seems interesting. I'm not entirely sure how they're planning on pulling this together.
0: Uh, Tell us about uh, Styria. So Styria, like Blood Kiss, is another independent film. It's being mostly funded through Kickstarter. Um, It also has a pretty good uh, set of names involved with it internationally, um, including Stephen Ray, which the old-timers will know for The Crying Game, and more recently V for Vendetta. (laughs) Is Um, that
2: recent now? I think that was a decade ago now.
0: Yeah, <laughs> old. yeah, we're old, time compresses. Yes, we uh, um, Eleanor Tomlinson, who was in uh, Alice in Wonderland, and Jack the Giant Killer, which I just watched, and I'm still questioning why I watched it. Um, <laughs> um, but it, if you are more a geek on the, the international actors, then there's a lot of uh, a lot of names that you would know. Um, they're shooting it uh in budapest um probably cuz it's of state. Def- yeah it's definitely it's going to have a very um gothy feel
2: yeah i'm sitting there looking at their kickstarter page and um of course uh financially it hit its goal of 25,000 and and overshot it by 5,000 so <laughs> i don't know um how they're going to pull all this together, but, you know, things things are cheaper nowadays. But I love the music rights of uh, the 80s goth classics of Joy Division, Jesus and the Mary Chain, The Cure of the Swans, and Susie and the Banshees that they're Yay. using as examples. Um, hopefully they can afford the licensing of that music <laughs> on that budget, but...
1: Yeah. Well, the other thing that excites me is it's based off of uh, Lefenu's C- Carmilla, which you know, I'm going to sound old here again, but you know, kids these days just don't know the
0: vampire classics. Yeah. And that was one of the, that was one of the things that got me excited about this episode in general is most of the stuff I've been exposed to has been over the top. uh, Very gory centric um, movies and television shows. And I kind of lack that classical education.
1: Yeah, this is this is a piece of classical yes, classical vampire education, absolutely. If one is going to <laughs> if one is going to call oneself, you know, a vampire buff, you know, one one should know this. So, don't get me wrong, reading it is the best way, but eh, you know, start with the movie, get them suckered in.
2: All right. Yep. So, talk to us a little bit about Harker. What is this one? I can I can piece this together
0: just by the name to some degree. Well, it, it it's very much like you would expect. We're there they're, Warner Brothers is going back to Bram Stoker's Dracula. Dro- uh, <laughs> yeah. How much rum have you had this morning? <laughs> and, uh, he can't, can't even spell it in the notes. <laughs> I know. Darkula. Um,
2: well, that's the next um, movie. It might be is.: Darkula. We're
0: going back to that same type of story that was told in Bram Stoker's Dracula. Um, but they're going to be focusing significantly more on Jonathan Harker um rather than uh dracula so we're gonna' we're, it's it's more about that real estate agents sla- uh slash uh british uh nobility guy and his how he gets sucked into this different world
2: pun intended pun intended yes All right. <laughs> um, um, we'll we'll see how it goes i'm i've I'm very anti-prequel. I get really irritated by anything that's prequel-related um, at this point in my life. So um, I'll let you be excited about that. To me, uh, it I just really sounds ca- like a really cash cow. i be a little
0: bit uh, excited because it involves Leonardo DiCaprio, who I mm-hmm. I normally want to stab. He's not going to act in it, but oh. he's, he's he's looking at producing slash directing. Yeah, he's also looking
2: at doing an, a live-action Akira movie, so that doesn't hold any water to me but whatever all right let's hear I just
1: i don't know i don't know i'm not sure that there would be the whole point is there wouldn't have been very much about harker <laughs> very much interesting what what possibly could you do that would really follow the spirit of the actual story yeah. nothing nothing Perfect. they're gonna make shit up
2: yes and for clarification, mm. I more have an issue with prequels related to movies at this time. It's I like I, I don't like being able to predict everything that's going to happen because of what's already occurred. And plus, I can only see them just having some really boring discussions regarding real estate transactions.
1: <laughs> if they're going to be accurate, yes. But they're going to do it with yes, a werewolf. So, I, I hear you, though. I, haven't, I have a problem with uh, prequels with books, too, for that reason a lot of the time. It's like, you know what? I already know... So and sos is going to die. I'm I'm depressed. I'm not going to read this.
2: Mm-hmm. So. anyway, I don't. I don't you yeah, yeah. I'm not going to get yeah. into the prequel discussion too far because that could take over this entire podcast. That
1: could be another topic. Yeah,
2: yeah. I think we've. I've hacked it about a three thousand times over.
0: Mm-hmm. All right, so, so let's what's about let's Dracula up Untold. With historical uh, based movie. Um, we I think. Pretty much everybody here knows to, to varying extent what the Dracula of myth mm-hmm. um, for Thanksgiving, a wonderful time. Um, we're going to uh, uh, be taken into the historic uh, past and actually explore uh, Vlad Tepes's actual, uh, his actual history. So the as history, told by hollywood yeah as told yeah it's only gonna be told by hollywood um but basically we're going to see what then became the the, the vampire mythology by seeing what how luke evans uh portrays vlad Tepes. luke evans what do we know him from um i'm um, Fast and the Furious, Immortals, Clash of the Titans. Um, the Raven. He's, um, he's barred bard from Hobbit.
2: Uh, and oh. apparently he's uh, in pre-production discussion to be Eric Draven in the remake of The Crow. So what? We... Uh.
1: <laughs>
2: All right. The I'm one thing look that had IMDb me excited anymore. was when
1: they were talking about Sam Witwer doing that. Never mind. Bye. Okay, moving on.
2: All right. Well, that pretty much covers ye old movies that are coming up. Let's let's get let's talk back to the let's get to the 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 um, the Scarlet Letters of the vampire world <laughs> of mice and men. Please inform us, dear Courtney, of um, vampire literary works that we need to be aware of.
1: Ah, well yes. Uh what was the, the big news that prompted all of this was after after saying that she would that she would never write about Lestat again, um Anne Rice got on her uh her son's podcast, the uh dinner party show, and put a big announcement that she had uh that she was going to be publishing a new a new book about Lestat. Uh, called Prince Lestat and for those of you who are who are not familiar uh shame on you uh Lestat is her her uh, vampiric anti-hero um he first made his appearance in Interview with the Vampire uh, which you see in the movie with you know, Tom Cruise and Brad Pitt uh first made his appearance in there uh, I believe that was 70 I want to say 76 but I haven't looked it up um do not remember exactly, uh, and then and then was in many many books after that. Um, I can't remember how many there are in the whole series um, called Vampire Chronicles. Uh, if you have not read them, you're probably at least familiar with uh, Queen of the Damned, which is the third book that was made into that um, fascinating fascinatingly inaccurate movie uh, with uh, <laughs> with uh, uh, Stuart Townsend playing, playing Lestat. They just kind of skipped the second book.
2: Which, which is, is ridiculous strange. because that's the go- I, I read Interview <sighs> of a Vampire and The Vampire Lestat back in high school so we're talking mm-hmm. 1995, 94 mm-hmm. somewhere around there. And uh, The Vampire Lestat was very well done for what it was you know. He turns into yes. a rock star.
1: Yes. Yes. Um, yeah, it that was, in my opinion, probably the the best book, the best book in the series is the second one. Although the first one's good, too. Um, and yeah, it was very strange to kind of to kind of skip over that. But whatever, I guess. Um, yes. But she the first uh, the first five books or so in the series kind of follow, you know, this. Kind of chronicle, you know, what's going on with Lestat. Then after that, there are a bunch of books that are kind of more. Uh, she described them as as memoirs and experiments. Some of which are good, some, you know, not so much. But she had said that she would never write about him again. And she's in the uh, in the podcast. She pretty much said it's because you know she really felt that she wouldn't, and this character really has to speak to her before she can write write about him. She can't force it out
2: or her bills uh, need to be paid. What? <laughs> or her bills need to be paid.
1: You know what? I hope that's I not believe the case. her. Okay. This is I believe her that she, she honestly believed she was done and that that it is an artistic thing, uh, with her. That is one of the reasons that I I love reading her stuff because even when it isn't good and sometimes it's not, um I'm sorry, I love you, Ian. Uh some sometimes sometimes it's better than others. Um it's fascinating because you get a real you get a real look into what's going on, kind of with her and her head and her belief systems at the time. If you if you read the whole series, um, you know if, you're, if you saw the movie, um, you have the, in an interview with the vampire, you have the child vampire Claudia. Mm-hmm. She wrote that after she had after she had experienced a miscarriage, and wow. you know there are all sorts of stuff like that throughout all of her books. if you kind of travel if you kind of read what's going on in her in her mind and with her belief systems, which she's you know has had quite the you know, internal you know struggle with with religion and authority and all sorts of stuff and just tragedies that have that have befallen her when her husband suddenly died if you read her books it is a fascinating look into what is going on in her life at the time and it's just i think that's really neat so i i believe her when she says that it's that it that it was a matter of it was just now was the time not not money because She's rolling in it,:
2: <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, so I, I can't see that necessarily being her main motivation, but I'm a jaded individual, so what can I say?
1: most people, most people, that would be my thought, but you know i've you know I've been reading her stuff for a long time, and you know kind of following her website and you know she's she's very open and She's very open and honest and really puts herself out there a lot. Um, not that, yeah, not in a, not in a, eh, it's kind of hard to, kind of hard to explain, but okay. yeah, she, I, I believe her. She, she writes for the catharsis and that sort of thing. So yeah.
2: Okay. Uh, so we know that we know Bram Stoker's work. Who are some other authors who write good vampire literature? I'm assuming Stephanie Myers is not going to be on that list.
1: Uh, who? What? No.
2: <laughs> Come you on, never, Mormon vampires are awesome. you me there's
1: a second Highlander movie? <laughs> 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 Things that don't exist. Yeah. Um, yeah. So if you're if you're interested in in you know some good vampire literature um if you're into if you're into urban fantasy uh the classic is of course the uh anita blake novels by laurel k hamilton um those those are really good i will admit i've only read through the first six or seven probably but you know they were they were pretty good up to that up to that point um I was reading them in too short a period of time to really continue. And, you know, like a lot of urban fantasy, there's some rep- there's some repetition of jokes that are really, you know, good. The first time, you know, along the lines of never, uh, you know, the worst place a woman can keep it, a- can keep her gun is in her purse. Cause you're never, she's never going to be able to find it. That was funny the first six times. <laughs> um, but, but you know, it is, it, it is good, good vampire literature for that genre. If you like short stories, you know, as as with nearly, you know, any fantasy thing, there are many compilations compiled by Ellen Datlau. Um She did a couple vampire ones. Uh, you know, it's a really good collection. If you've really good collections, if you have a shorter attention span, there's a really good one called Blood is Not Enough. Okay. It's got, you know, stuff by Dan Simmons and Harlan Ellison. And my personal favorite, Tanith Lee. Yay, Tanneth Lee is amazing. Really messed up. Uh but a lot Dan of uh Simmons
2: and you know, Harlan Ellis, obviously. But Dan Simmons is the only one that I've actually read, so um the rest I but I haven't read his vampire work, so it'll be interesting to see his take on that.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. The and you know, oftentimes you'll get uh yeah, you'll get other people that you've that that you've heard. But yeah, Tan Lee Lee's is often in her uh in her her short story compilations and her vampire stuff is always you know slightly different and particularly twisted which is totally awesome um, <laughs> the next one i'd recommend actually clayton and his lovely wife gave to me and i i absolutely loved it it is by an author called elizabeth costova and it's called the historian did you guys actually read that clayton
0: we did not. We were hoping you just after it. you were you were done with it that we could borrow it and then we moved to Texas.
1: Oh, okay, I was going to give it back Way to, to you, but you told me to keep it. <laughs> it is um if it it is a fabulously well-written book, especially if you are a a history geek at all, um it is a take on Dracula. Um from the perspective of a woman that it turns out has some has some family connections and does a ton of research through, you know, archival stuff at libraries and interviews. I, I haven't read the Da Vinci Code, but I'm told I've I've seen I've heard people say that it's kind of like the Da Vinci Code of vampire, hmm. uh, of vampire novels, except not you know totally wacky theories. Um, you read it? I found it just amazingly fascinating and i was glued to the page then i got to the end and thought about it and realized there was not very much action at all Hmm. but it was just so engagingly well written that i didn't care and she said that one of her goals was to write a vampire write a vampire book that did not have much blood at all Hmm. but you don't you don't notice because it is so just amazingly well written
2: Well, I think if you get too lost on the the gore aspect of it and the predatory nature, you lose, and we said this a little while ago, you lose so much of what actually makes a vampire. Um, Though I, and I've said this in past podcasts, I'm always a fan of the the plague-like nature of some vampires, Um, Mm -hmm. but uh, you lose the opportunity to really get into the potential implications of what it would be like for a human being to live that long and how that would impact him outside of just the standard, um, power and control aspects. Mm-hmm. So,
1: yeah. Yeah. So really good. Would highly recommend, recommend that. Another one that I'd recommend is a series by, uh, by Gene. Jean... I'm going to, or her name Jean Caligridis called Covenant of the Vampire. I believe okay. that was from the 90s or so and it is a it's okay after after the prequel thing. Uh, it's, kind <laughs> of, it, it's kind of a prequel to to Dracula and then through it from somebody else's perspective. Okay. Uh, it is I just loved it uh, at the time really really well done really well written um yeah much more yeah much much more c- classic kind of kind of vampire in- investigation yeah really good highly recommend that okay <laughs> i did not review research that uh, (laughs) as much and it's been 15 years probably since i've read it but it made that much of an impression on me if you are interested in some more in some more historical background um that isn't uh isn't vampire per se, literally, but into some of the uh, into some of the historical things, much like Tep, Vlad Tepish, that that inspired a lot of the modern vampire myths that we have. Uh, there's a fabulous book by Andrei Kodrescu called The Blood Countess about Elizabeth Bathory okay he uh, I highly recommend that it is he is if if you need some authenticity he's an, he's he's an honest to God transylvanian so uh, <laughs> <laughs> if that helps he also uh, you know is an NPR commentator as well but this it's oh. it's a really good book on the historical Elizabeth Bathory of Hungary so I would highly recommend that um, if you want some background and I was talking I didn't put this one in but I was talking to Aaron about this beforehand. If you are interested in how in the, in the differences between folklore vampires and his, and literary vampires, which are very, very different. The, um, what we have in most literary, most literary vampires, uh, you know, go back to, uh, are, are, are very much inspired off of that, that night, that night with, uh, with, um, uh Shelley, both uh Mary and uh Mary and Percy and Lord Byron and Polidari that night where they all sat around and told actually it was more like a week where they all sat around and told uh and told ghost stories and Mary yeah. Shelley came up with Frankenstein. Mm-hmm. Um, Byron came up with, Byron did a short, you know, vampire story that he kind of tossed and said, yeah, this isn't any good. And the doctor that was with him, um, the doctor that was with him, Polidari, uh, took it and wrote and wrote the vampire. So what we have, which is a book, um, so a lot of what we have in literary vampires kind of goes back to that, which people refer to as the Byronic vampire—very much, you know, Lestat, Dracula, dark, dark brooding uh, lord, that sort of thing. But if you're interested in in where it where it all really came from, there's a fabulous book called *Vampires, Burial, and Death* by Paul Barber. Okay. That will tell you that will tell you about the folklore vampires and is very different, very different from, um, a lot of what we have in, in literature and where some of that came from. The first several chapters are, you know, I will warn you the first several chapters are about, um, you know, a lot of what happens to a body when it dies Hmm. scientifically. So you can see where a lot of the, a lot of the different, uh, A lot of the different folklore vampires were really just people's way of explaining what happened when a body died because they didn't understand. And yeah, it's fascinating. I read it. I read it in college, and then took a anthropology class where we actually had had uh, had a couple readings from it. So it is it is legit, honest to Bob, scientific, uh, you know, scientific ish folklore uh, anthropology studies. Sorry, what?
2: Did you, Honest to Bob, did you just throw a trick? I did say Honest to Bob. Comment in there? Yes, I did. All right. Um, Good stuff. I'm fascinated about that. Um, The question is, out of all of our talk about vampire literary works, I'm just curious, and I'm sure it's out there, but God knows if we'll ever find it. Has anyone done The Hopping Chinese Vampire any justice on a story?
1: Oh.
2: Outside of... um, the wushu films of the 90s Mm,
1: yeah you know um well i i don't know okay that's a challenge
2: to our listeners if anybody knows a decent hopping vampire story i want to know about it
1: yeah and did they well it's hard it's hard to say so many things so many folklore beasties have vampire similarities Mm -hmm. you know did they think of it you know, it's hard to say. Did they think of it as a vampire? I actually don't know a whole we lot just,
2: about Um that. Put that archetype over the uh, their folklore. All right. Well, let's let's uh, wrap up the vampire discussion with what do you what can you do if you want to be a vampire for a few hours a weekend?
1: <laughs> oh, oh, oh! You could LARP. Oh, there are other <laughs> options too. <laughs> Yes, if you want to be, if you, there are many options to, to play a vampire or play things involving vampires in case you, you know, have, in case you're one of these people that have an issues with our poor protopon brethren of the night and you want to hunt them or something. Um, there are all sorts of, all sorts of role playing games that you can, that you can do with vampires. The classic, of course, being, being White Wolf's, uh, White Wolf's World of Darkness, um. You know, you've got at this point, you've got you know, Old World of Darkness, New World of Darkness, Dark Ages, all of the uh, all of the live action versions, all sorts of stuff. Um, I I have played. I have not played New World of Darkness. I've read it. Mm-hmm. I have, as far as Old World of Darkness, I have played the actual game, the the, the modern game, the uh, live action role playing game, and I run or did run. the uh and a uh dark ages game and it's all you know i like this system because it's very easy for a uh a the person running the game called the storyteller here it's very easy for them in my opinion to kind of figure out what's going to happen on the fly and what to tell people to run it's but uh a lot of people it's not as it doesn't have as many crunchy bits as many games so it all depends on what you like i think one of the main things when you're running a white wolf game is you have to have a good storyteller and you have to trust your storyteller
2: and it's and it's not combat savvy i mean it's no
1: it's- no, it is not. It is it is to tell stories. They wanted to do personal horror. They are much more. Um, they they were very inspired by Anne Rice's stuff. Um, so it's much more, you know, telling the stories and you know how can how can your character be be oh so tortured, you know, a gajillion different ways. <laughs> and so yeah, you really you have to have a good storyteller and you have to have a level of trust between your storytelling your players that they are not trying to kill you just for just for grins and giggles.
2: Yeah, and and that goes for pretty much any role-playing game. Now, Ah. one that I threw in here, and I haven't done this yet, but um, the Savage World system. This is a really great system if uh, you've just got a standard pack of regular polyhedral dice, and uh, you want something pretty straightforward and easy to run. This system... um, unlike Vampire the Masquerade or World of Darkness or however you want to identify it um, this is very customizable and, and has as bare bones as it gets um, it doesn't have the background, this is a great step if you want to create your own type of vampire outside of um, the World of Darkness, so for example if you wanted to do a Being Human book or excuse me, Being Human game um, you could pick up the main Core rule book for ten bucks, and then for uh, they get you on the supplements, just like anything else for thirty bucks, the horror compendium actually has multiple variants that you can customize the vampires to suit the type of game you 're trying to play so if you want that to be more heavily action oriented um, you know like blade or something like that, where you know they ash up really easily and get sliced apart. Um, you could do that if you want to do a more cerebral game, similar to the Worlds of Darkness, but you're trying not to overload your players with the backstory. Um, this is... Uh, you can make that type of vampire. Um, you can make any variation in between. And the nice thing about this is, generally speaking, the only thing that you have to do is create a target number, which is kind of similar to Worlds of Darkness. Roll one one die plus a wild die, which is always a six-sided, And you made it or you didn't. You don't need to tally up successes or anything like that. So it's a variation if you don't want to get into that, but you love the idea of vampires. Um, So I'd recommend this. But um, the next one on the list, this is what
0: to avoid. (laughs) (laughs) This is is the system that (laughs) if you want to fight over the top, very...
2: I don't... this is a munchkin game. There is no... is I, To be honest, I can't imagine anybody wanting to play a vampire in this system.
1: And what system uh, are we talking about? We're talking about we're talking Palladium's
0: about, Rift system. And there is a reason you want to play a vampire in Rifts, because they are essentially unstoppable killing machines.
2: Unless you've got a squirt gun.
0: <laughs> Which, surprisingly, are... Not around very much uh, <laughs> because people plan to a... really. Yeah, yeah, because oh. yeah, because you know when, you, when you're when you're going to have a an apocalyptic setting, the last thing that you put in your bunker is a squirt gun.
2: Um, yeah, but it's three hundred years after the apocalypse at this point,
0: so you should know
1: there are vampires around, and you should know to carry a squirt gun. Uh, well, yeah. Maybe, <laughs> Many, many, many vampire tales fall apart if you start thinking about them too hard oh, like that. Oh, this one's this. even so. worse. It,
2: basically, the vampires are part of a vampiric intelligence that's like an older god that infects corpses, and that's how they come back. So, I mean, there's an interesting take on it, but...
0: Um... If, you want, if you want a fighting vampire game, this is the one to do. Because you feel like you are fighting against something you really don't stand a chance against. Um, so if you Yay! want to do one of one of those apocalyptic vampire systems, this is it because because um, okay. you're screwed. Yeah, because yeah, essentially you're you're screwed unless it's raining. Okay.
1: Um,
0: they take all of your standard vampire tropes and they exaggerate them. Um, vampires can't cross running water. Well, guess what? A squirt gun is a weapon, and well, you know water. a a weapon a Defense of, of last resort is an umbrella that rains on the inside. Um,
2: oh, is that a techno wizardry
0: item? Are you looking at a book or making this up? Because I mean, no, they created, this, it, is, I this is completely you. from memory. They actually have a techno wizardry uh, uh, item where it basically you like, oh crap! I'm surrounded by vampires. I open up a a umbrella and it rains perpetually inside the umbrella. The only problem is you're I'm, still surrounded by vampires. Here. <laughs> and vampires um, can wield guns and they'll shoot you. Oh, geez.
2: This, this is... Okay. <laughs> if you want to laugh at the idea of a vampire to the ridiculous level of it, play this system. Um, but also, just be prepared for the most cumbersome, over-the-top, ridiculous uh, dice-rolling mechanics you will ever see, where a single... 15-second round can take two hours of real time because of the sloppiness of the system. I'm sorry. I'm Which just is laughing. why as people who
0: play riffs have completely redone the system. So you use the world, but you don't use the mechanics system. That
2: I, can, that I can get a little bit more on board with. So, all right. And uh, what's this last piece?
1: Um, well, I'd actually like to take a quick... Quick jump back, really quickly. Oh. There was a couple references to the uh, the cumbersomeness of kind of the backstory with Vampire the Masquerade and World of Darkness. If you're interested in the ideas but not as much of the meta plot, which you know gets really involved and twisted with all the political, uh, all of the po- political alle- allegiances and everything in modern vampire, I highly recommend um, taking a look at Dark Ages Vampire because that is before a lot of all that happened. So okay. you know, if you're if you're interested in playing vampire without all that that pesky you know, Camarilla and Sabbat and that annoying little masquerade thing, <laughs> um, Dark Ages vampire, except for you know the practicality of it because you know peasants with pitchforks are a bitch um i would recommend looking at dark ages vampire it was really well written and they're actually putting some putting some more stuff out here and there for it now um so i would recommend that if you like the idea of world of darkness but just think the meta plot in the modern stuff is too much the other one that the other one that I have down here I have not actually played, but I am really excited to, uh, to to read about. Um, it's called Nights Black Agents. Uh, it's out from Pellegrine Press. It's by Kenneth Height, okay. who did a lot of um, writing for uh, for Call of Cthulhu, lots of other things, and has I don't know if they're still recording. I haven't checked recently. Has an amazing uh, podcast with uh, Robin Robin Laws, who wrote um, I believe it's Hillfolk. That on the GM Chris episode we talked about, oh, um, yeah. Yeah, 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 their their podcast is absolutely fabulous. If you're a gamer geek, especially, um, highly recommend listening to listening to it. I could listen to them talk for hours. But this um, this is a uh, a game um, where you are you you find out you you are working against the vampires.
2: Okay,
1: yeah, and. I just, I really like uh, Kennethite's um, st- his his philosophy of alternate, really liking to use alternate history stuff and things like that, and he's just really ha- well thought out about you know t- storytelling versus mechanics and everything. So I, I have not played this, but I bet it is totally awesome. And you know, it's a smaller game company, and we should support those.
2: I agree. I agree wholeheartedly.
1: But honestly, if you want to play a vampire, you can find a way or a vampire-like creature, you can find a way to do it in most systems. I called a, uh, I called uh, the guy that ran a game, a game that uh, we played where I had a vampire character and asked him how he had put the stuff together because it wasn't taken from any book. And he was using uh, a variant of D20 Modern and pretty much just built a point uh came up with a prestige class for a points-based magic user that had all these cool powers and you know weaknesses uh flaws that you know were, were within the system and changed the color text to make it a vampire yeah it was a points-based magic <laughs> user that had to get the points from somewhere
2: well that's a good point
1: so yeah if you want to get creative you can do it in nearly anything and sometimes that's sometimes that's more fun piecing it together like a puzzle
2: all right well i think we got i think we did you know some vampire stuff some justice here i mean there's always plenty of things that you could continue to expand upon but um for the purposes of this podcast and the time frame that we try to record at (laughs) um, i think this is a good step in the right direction so um if you if you want to start your own vampire game if you want to be reading some books or uh checking out some of the movies that are coming up uh hopefully we got you covered here but you know in the end we are your half ass news source so take it as you will <laughs> well thank you Courtney for taking this, this uh, topic on in force I appreciate oh you're welcome that.
1: And I'm, I'm sure some part of you is thanking me for not going on as long as I could have <laughs> oh
2: we gotta have extra <laughs> episodes in the future come on now I suppose. <laughs> well um, listeners Thank you for taking a little bit of time out of your day uh, to listen to this podcast, either live if you're Shadowstar or um, downloaded, as most of our listeners are. Those who do that. My God, I'm rambling. Anyway. Those um, who are not Shadowstar, we shall now refer to you as. <laughs> yes. So. Um, People we yeah, love. Yes. Do us a favor. Leave us reviews. I iTunes, we need those. That's the only way we're gonna bump ourselves up. Leave us, leave us overinflated reviews, or leave us, you know, five star reviews that just say five star review. I, I don't care. Anyway, <laughs> uh, message message us uh, either through the uh, Facebook uh, Geekhead Radio page or through the D twenty forums. We are under uh, you know d twenty dot com forward slash forums. Uh, look under Variety Podcasts, and you'll find Geekhead Radio along with the Geek Menagerie which one of our friends also runs. Um, And uh, let us know if you want to debate something with us. Uh, If you want to come on to the show live and discuss something, contact us. We'll find out if we can make that work. Um, If you have an idea for a show topic, please let us know. Get a hold of us. Um, We would be happy to do that. We've done it in the past, and um, sometimes it forces us out of our comfort zone. So, um, yeah... Check us out also on Twitter. Geek at Erin. Geek Clayton. Geekhead Court. We still need to get Courtney tweeting a bit, but she's mostly finding herself uh, getting lost in spoiler alerts inadvertently through Sam Whitworth's uh, Twitter mm, yes. feed. Mm. And Kay. speaking of spoilers, uh, we are looking at starting a new segment um, next podcast called Spoiler Zone, where after the standard recording period of the t- period of time on the show. Uh, we'll open it up for a discussion of what other geek related news has come up, be it storylines, be it casting news that normally you might want to hide from if uh, if you're trying to keep everything spoiler free but if you're somebody who just loves the discussion, um, we're gonna try and flesh that out next podcast so keep an ear open for that well. An interesting conversation came up in the course of our benefits meeting, whatever the hell you want to call it. Courtney, <laughs> what was the question that you posed? Because uh, we were reviewing movies and, and you came up with this one.
0: Well, I, I posed the question to our audience as to zombies as a genre for movies and television shows are obviously starting to peter out. What is going to be the next one? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Happy zombies yes. and, and dancing zombies,
2: Courtney. You you well. You were reviewing the movies and you made a comment. You said, "Oh, time Clayton
1: travel. Clayton brought up all the uh, all the uh, time travel movies at South by Southwest, and you mentioned that there have been a lot of." I had forgotten that there had been, you know, some time travel movies and we'd been to a time travel forum at, uh, at comic-con in Salt Lake city. And so my question was, so is our, is what you guys are saying is time travel, the new zombie.
2: And for me, I don't know if it's so much the new zombie in the, in the sense that we're going to see a massive amount of media attention primarily on time travel. However, I think that, um, as, as, uh, the geek, centric television shows have continued to do so incredibly well, you're going to see more people willing to take the risk at using time travel. And it opens Mm -hmm. up the possibility of, of numerous different, uh, genres and debates. I mean, um, social commentary. I mean, we, you've always got the classic, um, you know, can you change time? Is it a fixed point of time? You've got the looper aspects. Um, Mm -hmm. you've got the back to the future aspects. Um, I don't know if it's necessarily going to be the new zombie per se, but um, I think it's going to be a more explored medium, because uh, for a while, time travel movies were considered... uh, Well, what did you have? Back to the Future? um, Time Cop. Time Cop. (laughs) What was the the Christopher Reeves one? Time... Time after uh, somewhere time. in time. Somewhere in time.
1: We are so overdue for a remake of somewhere. Somewhere in time. Not because I think it needs to be done, just because, unfortunately, it probably is going to be done. Uh, yeah. I liked that movie, but eh, it doesn't need to be done again.
2: Well, in a sense, vampire movies—if you really go over the the history of uh, nice. of the life of a vampire—that's a time travel movie, in a sense. You
1: know, it kind of is when you think about it. Well, and you know, okay. I'm still starting to see, I'm starting to notice time travel stuff in things where I wouldn't have expected to see it. Spoiler alert, turn it off if you don't want to hear. We're even seeing, we're even seeing some time travel stuff in being human right now, which oh. I would not have expected. And spoiler alert. Huh.
2: Uh-huh. Yeah, okay, okay. Now I could see, we, we, I, I can understand what you were saying in our uh, pre-show yep. Show discussion.
1: Yep, 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 yep. Huh.
2: All right. Well, I it's am
1: really, I'm, I'm liking the way they're handling it.
2: Okay. Well, I guess we'll have to see how that goes since being human has, uh, is officially going to end at the end of the season. They are going to wrap sad. up the season. That's
1: So sad.
2: But too <laughs> okay. often there are shows that linger on far too long.
1: Yeah. This wasn't here though. This season has been the best writing they've had yet. It was not there. Hmm. <laughs>
2: Well, maybe they just wanted to go out with a bang. That's my best guess. And and NBC mismanages sci-fi repeatedly. Yeah, I think they're trying to go back to the sci-fi brand name, and are less interested in um, horror or that kind of thing. Does that mean they're not going to show wrestling anymore? Uh, I think they stopped a while ago, didn't they? Oh, really? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I think they have a WWE network or something.
1: As long as they're still going to show giant snake movies cuz if they stop that am I'm, I'm my husband's going to be crushed.
2: I think that they're reducing the amount of giant uh, snake
1: movies. Well they're then still they making need to... Sharknado 2. Okay, good. Well then they need they need to do a spin-off channel, the giant snake movie channel. I'm just saying.
2: <laughs> Don't give them any ideas. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you again for listening to Geekhead Radio and this is preacher 23 telling you, don't just embrace your inner geek. Make love to it.
0: And this is Perrin, a.k.a. Clayton, and if the Smurfs are rebooting, you won't hear it from us. Oh.
1: <laughs> Amen. Uh, this is Courtney reminding you the tentacle in the hand is worth two in the... never mind. Unless you're a
2: Smurf, then it's probably more.
0: <laughs> oh, God, the images! <laughs>
2: I'm ending this before it gets worse. Good night.
0: Good okay. night. Transmission of Geekamp Radio.